All right, Steeler fans, welcome back to part two. I'm Jeff Hartman, co-editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com with Dave Schofield, other co-editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, <laughs> and Brian Anthony Davis, the giggling fool over there as we talked about <laughs> finding someone that couldn't download porn anymore because we are putting out so much audio content. Hey, Ben, ben talked about his addiction. Someone else can talk about theirs. <laughs> Let's Before we get to – this is something that um, – Asiatic Noble brings up, I'll bring it up on the screen in a second. Before we get to our linebacker talk, and this is a linebacker, it's kind of can lead us into it. Today, uh, one Mr. Michael Beck, A, he sent out to our Slack channel the fact that there were supposedly some rumors swirling that the Steelers did their due diligence, using air quotes there, on Jadavian Clowney potentially coming to the Steelers. And he says, what do you think about the Ravens potentially signing him? Now that Ravens were another team. I... For some reason, Michael Beck, and he's not here to defend himself, but I'll say it anyways. He was like on board with bringing Clowney and getting rid of Dupree and somehow getting this, that, and the other. I'm like, what? Did, did you read like, the article? A, I feel like, no, I didn't. I, don't know. I, I did look at what he was, what he sent because I just wanted to know. Was it legitimate? I don't, I didn't get to listen to it. And he was even reaching out to the source. Um, I think that. You know how sometimes people that don't really know what's going on with the Steelers throw out ideas that they think the Steelers really should do or that they're going to do? Yeah. And you're like, if you understand the Steelers, it's not going to happen. They were basically saying the Steelers need to find someone for whom to trade Bud Dupree so then they have the money to sign Jadeveon Clowney. That is not how the Steelers do business. They don't ship off one of their own in a trade in order to go out and sign a big name of someone who isn't part of the organization. They would much rather have Bud Dupree than they would Jadeveon Clowney if you're talking about the same price. So, In my opinion, he's a lesser player. I mean, tell me, Jadeveon Clowney, in my opinion, was was a top draft pick off of one hit. Everyone remembers the hit in college. Then mm-hmm. knocked the guy's helmet off, and then all of a sudden it caught everyone's attention. I don't think that he is. And now you already talked about he's that Clowney has no clue what to do in the Steelers system. Dupree knows the system, um, but you know it's one of those situations where you're like, oh my gosh, I don't see this. Brian, what were your thoughts? Jadavian Clowney, to me, I I agree with you completely. I I think he's fool's gold, and he. He's getting ready to go on to his third team. If teams valued him as much as uh, we value a big name, when I say we, just the masses, the humanoids out there, to quote Bobby the Brain. But, um, you know, I just feel that Bud Dupree is a much better player. It took him a long time to come around and get to where he needed to be. But a lot of you forget it took two and a half to three years for Cam Hayward to be Cam Hayward where it took for them to design a scheme more fitting for Bud Dupree. And it wasn't a fitting scheme as much when his linebackers coach, outside linebackers coach was Joey Porter. Seemed like things opened up when Keith Butler was paying more attention to him last year. And we really saw the benefits of him. He is the 14th leading sacker in Pittsburgh Steeler history. And a lot of people don't realize that. Bud Dupree is a lot better than a lot of people think. Do I think he's going to be a Steeler ever again after this year? No, I don't. But I think he's uh, I think he's priced out of Pittsburgh, but he's a lot better than Jadavian Clowney. Yeah, I agree. So and go ahead, Dave. Dupree, he's more of the run stuffer. He really is. That's he's actually 
he's better than TJ Watt at that part of the game. He he is. Um, right really? now, yeah. What? What? Setting the edge and everything when it comes to the run, yeah. Uh, TJ's no slouch. I mean, no, 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 no. But Bud Dupree is much better at that than what people realize. Yes, he, you know, that I'll agree my that point. I'll agree. That was he's my against the run. I, but is that, is that he's actually more, he's actually better against the run than a pass rusher, in my opinion. I got to tell you, last week we were trying to figure out what Dave's middle name was, and it started with a W. I think it's Willis because I'm gonna. <laughs> channel my Gary Coleman. What are you talking about, Willis? I mean, what do you mean? You don't realize how good of a of a run defender Buddy He's not upset is? about you saying that. He's upset that you're saying he's better than TJ Watt at it. I, well, I, I'm surprised. It's really hard to judge surprised. when you're when you're talking about, of course, Bud Dupree's nowhere close to TJ Watt, but you're talking about the thing that Bud Dupree is best at compared to what TJ Watt is probably worst at. And it's like, not that he's I, bad at it, no, but it's not, hard to judge those two things. We're not disagreeing with anything you're saying. It's a, I don't think that Bud Dupree does anything better than TJ Watt. <laughs> like, period. I mean, I, that's just that's just my opinion. I mean, Bud Dupree is good. I think that TJ Watt being there helps him a lot. I think Cam Hayward being right next to Dupree helps him a lot. A lot. Let's get into the linebacker talk. Yeah. Let's do it this well, way. We are okay? already. Hey, we, so we, we are. are. <laughs> All right. So we're talking about linebackers. We're talking about inside and outside linebackers and who is the one player that is irreplaceable. That's been the theme the past few weeks. We've gone through positions and now we're on the linebackers inside and outside. So guys, this is not, in my opinion, a slam dunk because of immediately. I'm sure that most people think of number 90 when they think of someone that they cannot afford to lose. But when you bring in the inside linebackers, I think that changes. So I'm going to go first today. And I'm going to say that I think Devin Bush is the one that you can ill afford to lose because not only are they asking him to have the green helmet dot this year and be the communicator, but if you, if he goes down, like we mentioned in part one, you're screwed. You are screwed. There's two positions that if you have injuries, you are screwed safety and inside linebacker. UG three is great, but he is not Devin Bush. They did not trade up 10 spots in the 2019 draft to get UG3. They did that to get Devin Bush because Devin Bush is that good. He is that good. And I think the sophomore jump is what's going to happen with Devin Bush this year, not the sophomore slump. Guys, I understand the value of Watt and Dupree and even Vince Williams in his own right. But to me, 55 is the one guy they cannot afford to lose. He is He's absolutely most important in that. And in this regard, Dave, what do you think? Uh, thanks for joining us. Have a good night. Sorry. No, 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 no. I mean, you, I, this is not downplaying TJ Watt or anything like that. I can, I can completely get behind what you're saying because he, he, guess what? Steelers couldn't afford to lose Ryan Shazier several years ago because no one could do what he did. Well, they would have played LJ Ford instead of getting Sean Spence, but whatever. You know what I mean? They meaning <laughs> you couldn't afford to lose him because no, you're right. you're you don't right. have yeah. anyone else. And it's not, and, and it's let's just say this TJ just TJ just does what everybody else TJ does it better than anyone else they have much better but it's not like they don't have anyone else that can do it i don't even know that they have anyone else on the on the team that can do what they're going to have devin bush do just like they didn't have anyone on the on the team that could do what ryan shazier did because you just don't find that many players in the nfl so yes you would have an enormous drop off if you're talking about tj watt having to then go to the next man up whether it be highsmith skipper or denier or j ron elliott um anyone else they have there i'm trying to think if there's another one um 
Nope. But <laughs> yeah, I think that's it. <laughs> um, but it would be really difficult with Devin Bush because you would, you really wouldn't know who else you had to put in there. Brian, this is a really tough one for me. Now, this is not my answer. Well, let's talk about Robert Spillane. No, I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, but you know what? This is not my answer. I really think I'm not saying he's irreplaceable. I'm saying that Vince Williams, and I agree with Sean Manahan, that he's valuable because teams will run all over the Steelers without Vince Williams in there, and they did last year. But that's not my answer. It's really hard to pick between these guys. I think Bud is the most irreplaceable because he's going to have to be. Excuse me, the least irreplaceable. That's what I meant to be. I, oh, still, I was oh. going to say, wait a second. I was going to do a save by the bell timeout in a second. Yeah. Like, okay, so, Brian has lost his mind. Can we? <laughs> no. So, I mean, Bud is the least irreplaceable. I mean, oh yeah, the least irreplaceable because they. <laughs> Nothing like a double negative. <laughs> okay. It's not Bud because Bud's Stop going it. to be replaced. I'm yeah. having a hard time choosing between TJ Watt and Devin Bush. And I've got a piggyback on Jeff Hartman. And that's a, that's a big piggy to have on your back there, Jeff, but I'm going to say that I think Devin Bush is the guy. Yeah. Well, I don't want to get to, I want, I, I want to recognize this boss. We still have a $10 donation yes. tip jar. Felicia long time. She said, I miss you guys. It feels like a normal day to have Jeff BAD and Dave back. Fine. She evacuated safely from Hurricane Laura, Lake Charles, Louisiana. Love you, Steeler fam. Felicia, we're glad that you're safe and sound. And anyone else that's down there in the Gulf area and or Florida, um, my gosh, we're praying for you all. And we hope that everyone is safe and uh, that the damage is minimal. We'll put it that way. So um, getting back to the linebackers, let's let's talk about the linebackers a little bit. A couple questions for you guys. Dupree and Watt, bookend pass rushers. In the modern era of Steelers football, where do you rank them amongst the best? Think about Steelers lore. You talk about Green and Lloyd. You talk about Woodley and Harrison. You talk about, I guess you could say, Hagens and Porter, maybe. Um, who, who, where are you guys putting them? Brian, you're the Encyclopedia Britannica. Well, I have my answer, so you can, you're not going to steal it. I'm probably going to say right now a third behind i i always go number one with uh i go number one with green and lloyd i i just think they were your number one guys i go debo and woodley at number two and right now i'm saying number three so what what separates these guys for you brian like when you talk about green and lloyd and even woodley and harrison like what is the what is the watermark what's the differentiation between them you know, this this is probably a terrible answer, but the reason I go Greg and I mean Greg Lloyd and Kevin Green is basically because those guys quiver and quake. They were they had a persona too. But when uh, one was putting up 14 and a half sacks, the other guy was putting up uh 11 or 12. And I know that these guys That's what Dupree did and Green wanted last they, year. They did pretty close to do that, but they were doing it consistently for 3 years. And they, those guys were just wrecking balls. So when we're, when we're comparing them to the uh, Blitzburg defense, I think they're very close, but those guys carried that team because that wasn't the most spectacular offense back in 1995, but they really made it happen. The reason I go number two, um, I just thought in 08, Woodley and Harrison 
those guys were unstoppable. The things that Woodley did in the postseason when it became postseason time, that guy, I mean, he was racking up sack after sack. He had multiple sack games for, I think, three or four games in the postseason. He was just the guy, too. And a lot of people talk about James Harrison and the 100 yards. They talk about uh, Ben to 10 with 37 seconds left in the game to win that game. But a lot of people forget that who helped win that game, too, who helped emphatically end the game was Lamar Woodley with that strip sack. Yeah. Okay, Dave, what about you? Brett Kiesel. You Um, you held up the three. You said you I want to put them third. Because I really feel that, and a lot of this had to do with Dupree, that I really only look at one year of greatness for the for the pair of them. I look at last year. I don't know that I would put them on the same level the year before. Maybe. So I think this year could really elevate these guys. If they give an, an equal or better year than last year between the two of them, then I think that then you have to have a serious conversation of ha- of of who would be better than them. But kind of like Brian said, it's the longevity thing. Okay, so let's do this over under sacks for TJ Watt in 2020. 14. Brian, go ahead. I'm saying under. I'm saying okay. about uh, 12 to 13. All right. So step backwards, Dave. What about you? I'm saying over because he had 14 and a half last year, and I don't think he's going to decrease, I think, because he's grown every year. It might only just be 15, but that's why I'll take the over. What is James Harrison's record? 80.5. What is it? No, what is it for a season? Doesn't he hold the single season? 16. Sack? 16. Yeah, about 16. I'm going to take the I over. Apologize. He's He's gonna beat he's gonna beat that this year because TJ Watt has gotten better every single year. And every time mm-hmm. I think, well, this might just be a ceiling, like this just might be mm-hmm. how good TJ Watt is. And if that is how good TJ Watt is, that's great because he's really good. I don't think that's where he's gonna stop. I think he goes over. Okay, over under Bud Dupree sacks in 2020. 12. Brian. Under. I think Jeez. about under Do you have both of them stepping backwards. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it's a huge step backwards when they're when yes, they might is. be uh, when they might be one sack away from. So, what, what did you got. say though? You said eleven. Yeah, I, I'm what, thinking what, about ten or eleven for Bud. All right, Dave. I'm going under. I'm going about ten and a half. I think he's going to lose out sacks because he's not going to be the first player there. I've Mm -hmm. talked about this several times is that the, sometimes the biggest thing holding back these guys for more sacks Mm -hmm. is their teammates. They they can beat their own guy and they're going to get a sack, but their teammate gets there faster. I think Stefan to is might be the one who takes away sacks from either one of those guys. You know, I I could see Watt getting to 19 or 20, but I think to it could take away a few of them and he's still going to go at least, at least what he had last year, if not just a little bit more. Go ahead, Brian. I'd like to say something about Watt as we're, we're still talking about him. Um, I mentioned 80.5 sacks. The guy has been here three years and 80.5 is Debo's record. Right. Right now he is 34 and a half sacks. That is an average of 11.5 a year. If he gets 11.5 for the next four seasons, he ties the record in year number seven. That's incredible. Well, have, to, to James Harrison's defense, it's he was he was older, but he didn't play in the league a long a, a, a ton of time. You know, it wasn't like Jason Gilden. 
who seemed like he was just like around forever or um bruce taylor or not yeah bruce taylor right the red the uh, no bruce smith Bruce Smith. There you go. Bruce Taylor, uh, Bruce Taylor is the Bruce Smith and Lawrence Taylor's <laughs> love child. <laughs> Just like yeah, Ulysses S. Grant. Marcus <laughs> 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 <Like a> Gilbert. <laughs> Anyways, okay. Another question for you guys. Stick with the linebackers here. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. You know, Chase Claypool, we talked in part one about how he's been, man, he's been really hyped up. Alex Highsmith has gotten a lot of pub as well. He's gotten a lot of hype. As I've been shocked. I didn't expect this guy to do anything other than play special teams. You had Ola Denye, you had Tuzar Skipper as your primary backup outside linebackers. Highsmith would need a year anyways, and he would just play special teams, and maybe he fills that Tyler Matikavich role on special teams, and he's he's like a demon out there. Now all of a sudden you got Keith Butler saying, we think this kid will actually play. Like we, we think he's actually going to see snaps. TJ Watt, he was interviewed. He said the kid's doing a great job, but we, we can, we can't play the whole game. We can see him. So here's a couple questions for you guys. A, do you think that Highsmith sees the field with any regularity as a backup? Maybe a la Anthony Ciccolo, his role and B, do you think, that if Highsmith does fill that role, who's the odd man out? I don't see them keeping five outside linebackers. So, Dave, we'll start with you. I have said it all along, and I got ridiculed at times that I thought that that Highsmith was drafted to be an upgrade of Anthony Ciccolo. Mm-hmm. And I got blasted saying he can't be an upgrade because he's never played an NFL snap. It doesn't mean anything. I'm like, well, then you're telling me Anthony Chicklo is better than Chase Young, and that's just ridiculous. Um, I don't even remember who I had this conversation with, but I know it was with someone. Um, but I, that's what I felt that he was brought in for. I think being that third-round pick, he's going to have – I kept saying he will have every opportunity, that opportunity to be the number one backup outside linebacker, which means he will see snaps. And I, I think that he will. And I will, I honestly, I would not be shocked. I think they keep five outside linebackers because I think they're only going to keep four inside linebackers and they keep nine. So they might not all be active on game day, but I still think they keep off. So, do you, okay. So in your, in your scenario, who is it skipper or a Danier that has a helmet on game day? If we're giving it to, if we're giving it to Highsmith, we know he's let's say third on the depth chart, which would be yeah. shocking to me. Who I, I you got to think a Denier has I the think edge. It would be a Denier because he would be able to take he, you know, he's actually taken snaps, defensive snaps for the Steelers in regular season, which uh, Skipper hasn't even dressed for a regular season game. Yeah. But if if they feel confident, Highsmith, remember they remember that year they went with only three outside linebackers the whole season. It was crazy. Um, but if they feel that Skipper gives them more on special teams, which I don't know that he does or he doesn't, you know, and it's. Someone's going to get dinged up, and even as a reserve guy, so I would I'd give the edge to a Denier, but with all the information we're getting out of training camp, it makes it so easy to decide. Yeah, don't get me started on that. I did a whole show on it, Brian. What are your thoughts on Alex Highsmith? 
Well, first of all, what Dave said as far as the odd man man out, um, I still think they're going to take five, keep da- five, just like Dave said. Uh, but if anybody is not getting a hat, I don't think it's. I really don't think it's Skipper. As far as Highsmith, why would they not be hyping up somebody that's a good player that is really shining? Because nobody, there's no eyes on these guys. So I mean, are we really worried about what Bill Belichick is thinking? Who the only time that you might see him is in the playoffs? Are we really worried about Intel? Because you know, there's Intel everywhere. If if you drafted somebody and you're proud of who you drafted, you're going to talk about them. And they are. Uh, I don't think it, it's not like that movie Dave um, from 1993 with Kevin Klein, where the uh, the uh, presidential the the president was. Uh, they were putting out. $20 million to make people feel better about the car that they, that they, well, I don't see what that's this Bri- that's Brian's seventh reference to the movie Dave in 2020. Oh, okay. Just track. Okay. Just make no, track. It, to make people feel better about their car. They don't need to make people feel better about the drafting of Alex Highsmith is what I'm saying. But what they uh, need to do is they need to hype up the guys that they think are playing well. And I don't think it's a smoke screen. I think they like what they have in them, and they're they're announcing, "Hey, we've got some players. You, you can count us out all you want, but we're telling you, we're, we drafted well." I think that Dave shares my frustration with not not the fact that they're hyping these guys up, but the fact that every bit of news that we the fans get it seems so generic. You know, that there's nothing natural about the news. I can't speak for Dave, but I'll speak for myself in regards to you have no one-on-one exclusives, even from a secondhand site, like behind the steel curtain.com. Meaning I I always use the analogy of, let's say Joe Rudder of the Tribune review is standing at St. Vincent college and Marcus Allen's walking up the hill and he goes, Hey Marcus, can I have a word? Sure. And he walks over and he gets an interview and it's, he's the only one that gets that interview because no one else was waiting for him. You don't have, you have nothing like that now. And so the Steelers, you're just getting this, these stock interviews that come through Dave, is that what you're talking about? Kind of your frustration or my, yeah. I mean, how can we, we have no. Have you heard anything about Ola Denier, Tuzar Skipper? I have Ola Denier early in camp. Tomlin did say he came in. It was a back, some backers I saw. He, yeah, he came in in good shape, good yeah. condition. That's what they. That's it. That's yeah. all we've heard. Let me jump in real quick. You know where I get all my uh, training camp information? His name is Jeff Hartman, and it's <laughs> on the BTSC family of podcasts <laughs> on any streaming platform. Hey, really? I don't have time in the day to do everything that I need. So I make sure that I'm listening to Jeff to find these things out. <laughs> so kudos to Jeff. It's funny, but it's really true. It really, yeah, I mean, well, he's not the only person that's told me that I've had people on Instagram, my Instagram account and on Twitter say, we really like those training camp updates. We don't have time to read all the articles. So we just listen to your podcast. It's like 10 to 15 minutes. And then that's it. We get what we need to know. And we move on with our lives. So Still check out the website though, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, but sure, website thing. Yeah, okay. All right, yeah. trivia time. We have about seven minutes. Let's do this, Dave. You ready? Yeah. Hold on, Dunce Cap. It's on. We're okay. Good. No. Go this this one is courtesy of my brother. It was a conversation we had after we finished filming the Scrobro show on Tuesday. Something we were talking about. It was you talk about because it was the the news of Bill Nunn, which is you know, I didn't realize at the time he was the only contributor nominated. It's not mm-hmm. that he's one of, and he's the only one on the nominated. And as I keep saying, I don't care who you are. If you know anything about Bill Nunn, there is no way you can't vote for him. That's why I'm saying, you know, put your money on it. 
he's going in the Hall of Fame this year. But we were talking about the great drafts, and we were looking at that, talking about that historic 1974 draft where the Steelers drafted four Hall of Famers and picked up an undrafted free agent that's now that's going in the Hall of Fame and Donnie Shell. They had 21 draft picks in that draft. Oh my gosh. Through 17 rounds and still got Donnie Shell after the fact. You know, I mean, the, the Rich was the one who brought this up. The their 17th round draft pick was pick number 437 and it was Larry Moore, defensive end out of Angelo State that they took over Donnie Shell. But we were talking about that with Bill Munn. After the show, we got to look and we're like, look at that 1975 draft. So here's the question. The 1975 draft, following the greatest draft of all times, how many starts did for the Steelers were combined from all the players drafted in 1975? Can you say that again? From all the players the Steelers drafted in 1975, how many combined starts did they have for the Steelers? How well, many players? How many hit. players were drafted? Um, there were 21 players okay. drafted. Good, I'm Brian. Just, I'm going to go on the line and say zero because their number one pick was a guy, um, Dave Brown who ended up in the Seahawks ring of honor, who this, who they left unprotected in the expansion draft. And he never really played in that expansion draft was, I believe in 76. So I don't remember too many guys from the 1975 draft. So I'm going to say none. It's going to be more than none. Um, starts. I'm going so starts in that season starts, or starts, no, starts in their career, in their career for Pittsburgh. I'll say 120. Uh, how about none from Brian Anthony Davis? Oh my gosh, are you serious? Yeah. Not one. Not one. Start. That just goes to show you they follow up the greatest draft of all time with the draft of 21 players, none of which ever started a game for the Pittsburgh Steelers. That just goes how that, that you know, remember that when everyone thinks that that oh well that they we would, didn't have they knew, one not player one, out of 21 the picks. Only player that came close or did absolutely anything was 14th round pick Mike Collier who had three touchdowns. Wow. There you go. It. And all I've got to say is that's on Jim Duggan. Whoa. They didn't even play an NFL game. Oh, so you, okay. You said starts, right? Yeah. Starts. No starts. That's right. Okay. I got a little confused. I thought you were talking about games played. Yeah. Oh. Okay. That's fine. Still crazy stat. Brian, what do you have for us? All right. In 1997, the Pittsburgh Steelers changed their uniforms and changed their numbers. And everybody knows they went from the block numbers to the rounded numbers. And that's italicized. Still, italicized. I, is that what they're whatever. calling italicized? Yeah. Well, I, I don't love them, but they did that. But they made another change to the uniform that year that happened well, that year. But it was yeah. only for one season. And it was to the away jerseys what did they do that wasn't they made one change oh they had um i know the answer do you know dave no i was going to take a random guess but i'd rather hear they you. changed the uh colors of the lettering on the back yeah. absolutely correct they were i remember watching jerome black. i remember watching jerome bettis running and seeing bettis in black I'm like what in the heck is that <laughs> So, I knew it had <laughs> outlining, whether the numbers or the names or whatever. I knew that's what well, I, the, that's the names on the away jerseys have always been outlined in black. Mm -hmm. 
but then that's that didn't change. It was just black. There was no there was no outlining in gold or anything. Yeah. And that, that come to think of it, that might actually look pretty cool if it was black with gold outlining. But they so, didn't do that. I tell you what, I'm I'm watching right now the Steelers and Patriots from 1997 for our upcoming retro show, and I'm watching. I'm like, that is so weird. And I remember buying it my Bettis jersey that year, and realizing afterwards like the next year i'm looking at it like did i buy an aftermarket jersey did they mess this up but i bought it from the Steelers store so i i thought it was uh i thought it was a mistake and i didn't remember that they went completely to black uh letters so I can i say something about your retro show please how do you because I, I listen to it and i at the end you're like next week we're gonna go to the new england i'm like wait a second what how do you not go to tennessee the following game after the cleveland win in the snow because, How do you not follow that big win up with the disappointing loss in Nashville with the, the Ned knee flop that he said after the game, I should get an Oscar for that act job. Yeah, that, Dwayne Washington. Still, I mean, how do you not follow up with that? Well, the reason I don't follow up with it because we're jumping all around and we're, okay. we're having fun with it. And I really don't want to do losses right now. <laughs> I honestly though, when I was listening to your shows in the gym and I, I've, it was reliving that game. I still remember that game so vividly of that 2002 I mean, they look so bad in the secondary they couldn't cover Hank anyone Hank Poteet. <laughs> kelly Chad's holcomb, got broken hand kelly Hank holcomb was literally just dropping dimes left and right randwell's <laughs> fumbling and then returning them for touchdowns that was one of the most crazy back and forth games and you said it best when you said fans got left heinz field tried to get back in and they said, no, nah, no, nah, you're not getting back in. <laughs> well, thanks for listening, Jeff. I appreciate that. I listen to all your shows. Show. Dave Stack Geek and the Retro Show. It's good stuff. It's absolutely good stuff. Um, here's a question for you guys to finish up the show. Not a trivia, just a question. If you had to pick one throwback jersey that the Steelers have worn in the modern era that is your favorite, which is it and why? And the color rush is not a throwback, by the way. That's an alternative uniform. So... It's- it's not a throwback, Dave. No, Dave, I wasn't going to say. No, okay, okay. What would you say is your favorite, Dave? The bumblebee. Favorite. So you love the bumblebee jersey. Don't like the the dirty baby diaper pants. No, they have there, to with it. I wish are, they didn't have to, to say, go. You have pure. to say like Jay from State Farm khakis. Yeah, yeah. I, I wish <laughs> they wouldn't even care about being a pure throwback and mix those those jerseys with different pants. They would be exquisite, but so yeah, like I love the bumblebees. Those jerseys. Love the bumblebees. Right. And you have one. Um, do you have one? Technically, I still do, but it's but retired. It's, it's, in, the, it's in the corner of shame. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Gummy Richards. <laughs> Gummy Richards. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, what about you? Favorite throwback? Uh, I am with Dave. I love the bumblebees. I still want them to go to the Batmans one of these days, but I don't yes. think they're ever going to do it. What? But and I own a TJ Watt Batman right now, but. The bumblebees, Dave is right. If they would have went with black pants, they would have been yeah. absolutely amazing. I love those socks. I loved everything about those those jerseys. I, I own one. I did own one, and it was an Antonio Brown, and I donated it to the Purple Heart Foundation along with my uh, Le'Veon Bell jersey <laughs> because I don't burn them. But I was just I was just mad. I'm like, why did I do that? Because now I don't have a bumblebee. So now I'm looking at getting another bumblebee. Yeah, Brian, I need to do, donate mine to the Boy Scouts of America so they could have some more material for a tent there because that's what it takes to have a jersey that fits me. 
Well, Brian, first, I'm surprised you didn't pick the, I think you have a Dormani Dawson with the city crest on it. I'm surprised you didn't pick that one. I'm surprised you didn't pick that one. Why didn't I do that? I I love those jerseys. That crest was pretty awesome. Okay, I changed that. Unless that's yours, Jeff. I want to see the Batman. Mine, I loved the yellow helmets with the block numbers. That was the first time that they went back to block numbers after they went to italicized. And there's one game in particular, and I know we're going a little long, but who cares? There's one game in particular that will always stick out of my mind that I will never forget for the rest of my life. It was a regular season game, but it was the 35 to nothing thrashing at halftime of the Ravens on Monday Night Football. And they wore those uniforms, and that was the game that Ed Reed, I, I'm sorry, yeah, Ed Reed got laid out by James Harrison on a punt return in those, in those uniforms. And those were always awesome. I, I loved how they had the special helmets for it. I actually like the white pants. I thought that was a great look. I thought that was a great look. Um, Those are my favorite. So there you go. All right. I'm with you there. I I do like those. (laughs) Everyone Um, can have their own. You don't have to agree with me. I like it. I like everything. I have a Mike Wallace one of those, and that's the only one of those that I have. Do you guys really think they should go back to the block numbers in all seriousness? Absolutely. They they look a little bit like Iowa's uniforms now when they when they go back to that like when I look for an image for the website and I see one of the block numbers like yeah it's kind of looks like Iowa's uniforms I, I don't know I've kind of grown accustomed to the italicized no That's I want why them back I love bad the color rush because they're block numbers I like the block numbers well did ball. you get a throwback of the block the regular traditional block numbers do I have one yeah no my Not wife that. has one okay oh that's I right do. Juju yep. <laughs> So there you go. All right, guys. Anything else for the good of the order before we call the show? Check out all of our podcasts on the family of podcasts tomorrow morning. Let's ride with Jeff Hartman. Then in the evening, it's the live mic. And don't forget about Tony Steelers brunch with Tony on Saturday. And we'll do some tales from 2 a.m. Maybe on a Sunday morning. There you go. Dave, anything else? Make sure you're going to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. We've got all kinds of commentary, film breakdown, breaking news, reports from from various interviews. Uh, We're bringing it all to you as best as we can, so make sure you're checking it out. They're not the best color guys in the league for nothing, folks. I'm Jeff Hartman for Dave Schofield and Brian Anthony Davis. We'll see you next week on another episode of the Steelers Preview. Take it easy, everybody.